It was an eventful 24 hours, especially just in basketball alone. Like this crazy, man, we set out not to do a sports podcast only, but it's like, there's just so much going on, man. There's a lot more drama in sports now than there was even five years ago. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Obviously, COVID's playing a role in that. Obviously, the players being more empowered and able to move around a lot more has changed the dynamic of things too, but it's fun, man. It, it's the blessing that we even have this much sports to talk about and the fact that I got to do it with one of my best friends once a week, that's a blessing. You know what? That makes me feel good. Damn it, let's start the show. What up, what up, what up? Welcome in another episode. This one is going to be crazy. It's Jason Spells in New York, Brandon Edler in Los Angeles. We got the artwork this week, B. What are they listening to? What you heard? Um, You know, I have been that, that jackass for a couple of weeks now, telling you about your fandom of the Nets, telling you it was misplaced, telling you you were delusional that this was going to fall apart. And the minute it fell apart, Kevin Durant got it right back on track. So I was wrong. You were right. You were right. All right. So I got to keep it 100 for our listeners. We actually tried taping yesterday, but I had some work conflict that stopped it. So we had to re-record today. And I just want to mention that yesterday's conversation was was very different. Um, I was in the wrong still. With that being said, you're definitely not wrong, man. I'll say exactly what I said yesterday that did make it is, you know, you injury thing like it's really tough to predict that kind of stuff and you know for me when I picked the Lakers over the Suns and being a big fan of the Nets moving forward is it's with the intent that everybody's going to be good to go obviously the Lakers had a lot of issues obviously the Nets have had a lot of issues and had KD not had one of the top five playoff performing games of all time and had Harden not been you know serviceable a good point guard still a good distraction for the court like they're probably not in this either and you're still right so that's the beauty of sports, man. Any given day, anything can change. And, you know, it's just, it's been some amazing ball that we've been able to witness. We've been able to see some other people thrusted into the spotlight that we didn't think would be, uh, you know, KD, Durant. I think the series is over. I think that's how most people feel. Even if Harden isn't able to go tomorrow, or, you know, for game six, even if Kyrie's not available for the rest of the series, I still think a lot of people feel like the Nets are going to win this. And it's more so about Giannis than it is about the Nets. He looked scared, man. He looked scared. Yeah, I mean, he sounded the last scared, few right? minutes of the game. Yeah. He sounded scared. He fumbled the ball. He said Kevin Durant was the best player in the world right now. To be completely honest, I turned the game off early in the third quarter. I, 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 you know, first off, Harden, was, Harden just wasn't playing well. It was obvious the, the hamstring was slowing him down. But mm-hmm. I turned it off because the Bucs were playing like shit. I'm sitting there watching them play. You're going against a player who's a shell of himself in Harden. You're not making him work on defense. You got Robin Lopez, Brooke Lopez, Sideshow Bob, whichever Lopez it is for the Bucs, shooting 35-foot threes for no reason instead of going into the paint. And Giannis going iso ball, and Budenhoser always looking like he's waiting for another bus to show up. I, 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 I was bored. I seriously was watching the third quarter, and I was bored. I, I was not enjoying that game. And I said, look, the Bucs are going to win, but it's because the Nets are depleted. So then I did what every guy does when they're engaged. All right, baby, what, what are we watching tonight? So she, she cues up a show, and I'm sitting there with her, not paying any attention to the game, not even on my phone. Then you text me. 
and then 15 other people texting me. And at that point, I can't get out of the show to go back to the game. I'm stuck. So I missed the whole fourth quarter. I saw it like on the, on, I didn't even queue it up on the phone and, and watch it streaming because she would have cussed me out for that. So I just, I sat there and I would just check the, the ESPN app. And yeah, I, I was not surprised that the Bucks lost that game because the way they were playing in quarters one, two, and three. They deserved to lose that game and this series because game five in Brooklyn, a severely depleted team, you got to put the foot on a throat and the Bucks ain't got that mentality. Right. Not at all. And I mean, and there was an infinite number of people last night on Reddit calling for the Bucks head coaches head and i'm sorry i'm blanking on his name off the top of my mind uh budenhoser but, he got but keep yeah. in mind no keep in mind he also had the number one team in the east when he was the head coach of the hawks and they mm-hmm. lost to lebron and the Cavs. he's had the number one team in the east twice uh mvp twice number one team once with Giannis and milwaukee they haven't been able to do anything and now look at this season right yeah, he needs and, to i mean that's, after this season it's right it's proven he can't get him over the hump at all and that's what everybody's calling out on Reddit. They're just like, this guy has been equipped with so much to be successful. He's a two-time coach of the year, but yet anytime he's kind of in a pressure situation, his teams seem to just completely default and start playing terrible basketball. In addition to uh, this game helping to submit the greatness of Kevin Durant, which, look, I can never question his basketball skills. It's the other stuff that you question with Kevin Durant. But basketball, right. genius-level basketball. Statistically speaking... And physically, you cannot guard seven foot that does what he does. Nope. But the best thing that we got out of that game, other than 49 point triple double <laughs> in 48 minutes, the best thing we got, another great meme. Did you see the way that Steve Nash held on a Kevin Durant? That's love right there. My that mama don't love. even love me that much to hug me like that. <laughs> I was going to say, the only time I feel like I, I extend that kind of love is when I my order of chicken wings arrives from my postmate driver but nah great moment that's gonna be i can't wait to see how many times people flip that into something it's gonna be hilarious the internet that's going to, I, I think that's going to replace the samuel l jackson leonardo dicaprio Django unchained hug and crying scene <laughs> that, that i mean that's got to right you got the black man you get the right. white man you got like i need you like you have all of that in that one image and that will be what will be the most memorable memorable point of this game Agreed. So what's your what's your forecast for the rest of the series? I've spoken so much bad, bad news about how the Nets are going to get injured, how they can't finish it, that I, I'll be a complete flip-flopper if I switch now. You can flip-flop. That being said, the Bucs, I, I, I don't like the Bucs right now. All the things that I said I liked about the Bucs, I have taken back. And I don't know. I genuinely do not know what's going to happen in this series. I mean, I think for what the, it's health, worth, the status of, of Harden and Kyrie, that's still up in the air, right? Like, I mean, right, right. if you put Harden played 46 minutes last night, 46 on a bad hamstring, what can he give you in six? I don't know. Can Kyrie, those four days, can that be a benefit and he's able to play? I, I don't know. I, I genuinely right. don't know. Yeah, I'm going to go with the lofty prediction made for TV movie. I think Harden's out game six. I, I don't think the hamstring can recover after playing that many minutes, but we'll see. 
um, you know, again, he wasn't exactly himself. I think he was more of a decoy. And I mean, he can still drop dimes, even if he's moving at half the speed he normally does. But I think he's out game six. I think him and Kyrie come back for game seven. And it's scary hours. It's over. That's it. But do you want to go to a game seven? Like, I mean, if, you, if Kyrie you can go in six, to. if Kyrie can go in six, you, you go, you go in six, you put Harden out there. Green ankles like that, you just, I mean, look, I know he's getting all the treatment you could possibly get. He has the best doctors working around him, and that's definitely going to help with the timeline of his recovery. But I just, I've never seen anybody sprain an ankle where you have like the land on another foot, complete rollover where they're good to go in a week or so. We've definitely seen guys who have stayed in games that have done that, and that's sheer adrenaline. But to, you know, a couple of days, what I don't think that's possible. I think uh, you're right. You don't want to go to game seven. I think the reality is, though, they're probably going to be without Harden and Kyrie for at least one more game. And I'm just praying to the pop culture gods that they come back for game seven because that's just going to be the best form of entertainment for all of us. And scary well, if hours. A game, if it's a game seven, it's the Nets because the Bucs are going to will. Oh, I mean, the Bucs sure. will literally look like a deer in the headlights if this goes to a game seven. They ain't got that that it factor you don't see with this team. They don't have killers on their team. They don't have people who look at it and say, we are not walking out of this with an L. Brooklyn has two guys like that, and Harden and Durant. I don't even think Kyrie has it because Kyrie, once again, will check out on you at any point in time. Uh, Harden, one of 10, one of 10 from the field, 0 of 8 from three, three free throws, eight assists, six rebounds. 46 minutes. That's his stat line. He only had three fouls. He should have fouled out. Why? Because the Bucs should have went at him. He played 46 minutes, and they never made him play defense. It would have been a different story. Bucs is rising right now talking about how the Bucs are letting this go. We're going to change subjects. We're going to COVID, Chris. We're going to COVID, Chris. Cool. Because you know why? Let's let's, let's not forget the rant that I have when I get on a tangent. We got an hour and a half show. Uh, <laughs> well, I was just going to say, it was funny enough, I was going to pivot to the Suns too, and I was just going to say the one thing from the, the lost footage from yesterday is we got to bring the same joke back. <laughs> we got to bring the, the post, the Devin Booker post, and what that entails. Oh, my God, yes. To so me, like, you, you want to talk about four. the best meme of the week. Yes, Suns at four. four. I mean, look, I, I, give, I give Duke credit, and I, I, he changed his Instagram name to Suns period in period number four. Love it. And Internet I, is undefeated. Look, bro, somebody, he was with his girl. One of the jazz friends got in his face and swung. He brought dude down, hit him with like three, four uppercut rights. Just And you look, there's not that much space. I, I understand that everyone has been to an NBA game. There's not that much space in the seating, especially when you're in the 200 level. My guy was compact and powerful with them rights. Sit buddy home with a bloody nose. Then had the wherewithal to look at the person recording and let them know what was going to go down. <laughs> not advocating any violence in any arena we do not want anyone fighting let's be peaceful and enjoy the game but if somebody comes at you and your lady you have a right to defend yourself that he did he do and he got a lot of respect from one d book devin booker tweeted said i need to find this guy right now i would love to see that guy western conference finals courtside I think that would be. Okay. I think that would be. You know, fitting. Uh, Let's we'll get see that though. GoFundMe going. No, Devin Book reached out to him. D Book, get your boy courtside. Perfect. He did. He did. Good. Good. I know. No, he hasn't yet. That's what we should you. see. I'm calling him yeah. Sunstradamus. Sunstradamus 
Son buddy with five uppercuts, <laughs> Son Stradamus, needs to be sitting courtside for the Western Conference Finals when Cameron Payne makes his starting debut. Because Chris Paul may have COVID. We don't know. Uh, that was released today. Once again, so much stuff happened in the last 18 hours. Um, yeah, reports are Shams said that one NBA player tested positive for COVID last week. One player. Now, he didn't say it was Chris Paul explicitly, but Chris Paul has now entered the NBA COVID protocol. We still now must wait and see what this means. When the season started, you had COVID protocol. You were out like 10 days. Remember, Kyrie got busted for that, for going to the party for his pops. Right. Uh, now, it's limited, um, especially depending on if Chris Paul is vaccinated, which we don't know. Um, I've been. He, I've seen he reports that he is vaccinated. I would think so. He's the in a, he's an NBA uh, Players Association president, and typically, right. when you have that role, and he's trying to get other players asking them to get vaccinated to protect the sanctity of the league and the playoffs, that's a difficult task to pull and push if you're not yourself vaccinated. I don't know for sure. I haven't seen that he is, but one would think, given his role with the Players Association it would make his case better if he tells the guys, hey, I'm vaccinated, you should be too. Um, this is questionable though, right? Because right now, he could, he could in theory miss game one or game two of the Western Conference Finals at home. Uh, they, he'll be reassessed on Saturday. But right now, we're just waiting to see. Right. But my Phoenix Suns going to be all right. I told you I messed up. I turned, I, I, I turned on them. They were so good to me against the Lakers and I turned on them against the Nuggets. And, uh, you know, I paid the price for it. So I'm back on that bandwagon strong. I'm riding with my sons, especially if the Jazz play the Suns and Chris Paul is out there. I'm riding with my sons, sons and five Western Conference Finals. I agree completely. And I'll take it a step further a self-imposed bet if the Suns make it to the NBA Finals, I'll go out and buy a pair of Mitchell and Ness Suns shorts. Give them I, don't, I don't see where you're taking a loss here. I'm not. That was the beauty of it. So. <laughs> hey, yo, I'm going to go give you some fire shorts because I said that, I mean, now it'd be totally different if you were going to get some starter shorts. Now, if you told nah. me you'd get some starter Sun shorts, okay, that'd be different. But Mitchell they, and Ness, come on now. Look, man, vintage look, starter shorts might be fire too. You're giving me ideas. I'm, I'm going on an eBay thrift hunt as soon as this episode's over. You know what thrifts I, I've actually been looking for? And if anyone's listening and you find it, do your boy Jason spells a solid. I need the Juvenile 400 Degrees album cover t-shirt. Funny I enough, that. I have it. You got XL? I believe it's a large, maybe not an XL, but I like. I think I just got it at PacSun or like Urban, like one of those stores that just sell like a, a shit ton of like, obviously kind of that merch. I would. I've honestly been looking just start for there. like, you, dude, you could find one. Yeah, no, I don't know. I've eBayed it. I've, eBay'd it. I've went down yeah, to the just, thrift stores in the village. I was about to go to Canal Street to the T-shirt man and get it done. It's, it's not worth it because if you're like trying to get a true vintage one, you're going to end up paying over $100 for that T-shirt. Like just buy a vintage blank tee and iron that, that shit on. Like for real, like whatever. We're, 
we're living in this world of DIY where you don't want to pay the man for certain things. So keep it under 20 bucks and you got yourself a vintage juvenile 400 degrees t-shirt. I'll even send you the DIY TikTok that shows you exactly how to do it. So it'll look fire. Bam. Problem solved. I can re- I can rap the entire 400 Degrees album. All right. Favorite song on 400 Degrees. So follow me now. It's actually not one? on every single album. If you look, if you go get 400 Degrees, depending on when you bought it, that sample wasn't cleared. So mm. track number five, follow me now. If you want it on, salute it easy and carry on. Stop and give me 50 <laughs> if you do it wrong. Yeah, that is not on every CD. And I have the one with number five on it. So that's why Look I like following you now. Um, you. Yeah, it's all, that's such a great album. Back to basketball, because once again, we only have so much time, so much right. shit to talk about. Your now new home team, the Los Angeles Clippers. They in trouble, bro. Kawhi Leonard, expect, he's, he's out tonight with a right knee injury, a right knee sprain. But reports are it's an ACL. And uh, I'm a, uh, this is not going to be a good look for me. I'm going to say it. Load management clearly doesn't work. He played 52 games of a 72-game season to protect his body for the playoffs and potentially had a season-ending injury in the playoffs. You still got to play. Right. Right. I think that's even like when you look back at football teams that are, you know, chasing perfection towards the end of the season they want to rest players and you can get hurt at any time players get hurt in practice like it's like you can't just duck a game and expect that your body's going to be good like i i get the science behind load management why a lot of people do it but all it's doing is hurting the fans and to your point these guys could get hurt at any given moment so i don't really understand that i honestly feel like this is a little bit of karma catching up to Kawhi, trying to finesse the system for as long as he has it is what it is. It's just might be blindly bad luck. This Clippers team, like when Kawhi first came over, I think there was a little bit of excitement and interest, but just the way him and playoff P have carried themselves since they've been Clippers, I don't feel like a lot of people really gravitated towards them the way everybody thought. To me, the greatest Clippers team is still D Miles and Q Richardson's rookie year. Nah, man, don't disrespect Lob City. Like early Lob City when they were still cool. Mm. When they first got the trade, when Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan were jumping in the parking lot literally when they heard that Chris Paul was coming there. You know what? I would probably agree with that. My biggest beef with Lob City is still one of the worst NBA dunk moments. Blake Griffin jumping over the Kia. For whatever reason, that just like kind of ruined the whole authenticity behind Lob City and Blake Griffin to me. Glad to have him on the Nets, though. Welcome, BG. (laughs) Uh, Your boy LeBron did chime in after Kawhi got hurt. You know, LeBron, all-knowing LeBron, saying that the condensed season, the lack of a full true offseason, he personally knew we were going to have injuries. And that if anyone knows what the NBA body has to go through to get to the point of success, it's he, he alone, LeBron James. They had 72 days off in between. Not everybody played. Let's not act like, look, I get it, the bubble was isolating, but you had everything you needed there. Mm Mm-hmm. Not LeBron just called this. I mean, I remember you said it to me when the NBA season first kicked off. That was like one of your biggest concerns was how people were going to do with health in the short season. And that's the downfall and the fans are kind of paying for it a little bit. But it is making for an intriguing storyline around the playoffs. I just think ultimately once we get the finals, if it's not Nets Clippers, you know, Adam Silver is going to be like, all right, maybe I should have waited another month or two. No, because nobody would have paid attention. 
if you would have waited until February, you would have brought it out. The NBA players would not have played in the Olympics because that would have literally bumped through the Olympics. Um, you would have lost. They could have shortened the season. They could, it could have been a sixty. They, now, now they could have. They season. should have shortened the season in right. any way. Like instead right. of seventy-two, they probably could have played sixty-two games. The seventy-two right. arbitrary ar- arbitrary number was for Turner, ESPN, ABC. They had to get their numbers. Um, or for ballet sports and regional sports networks, they had to get their numbers so that all their partners would make money. Um, I, I think 66 or 62 or even 60 would have been better than 72. But I'm not going to sit here and say that the lack of the full offseason is why we're seeing injuries. Because, prime example, Kawhi, his final game was September the 17th of 2020. So, uh, you know, I mean, LeBron and them, they had 72 days off. The Heat had 72 days off. We've seen what these athletes do in the offseason as far as their training regimens. It's not like they're doing what athletes in the 80s did where they would literally go and sit down for a month. Like Michael Jordan talked about how how after the season, he wouldn't do anything physical for a month. Now you see players done, and the first thing they're posting are their personal workouts three days after their season's over. Right. So I think an entire career of offseason playing, off-season, training, playing, training, playing, condensed off-season, still trying to train in that condensed off-season is what we're seeing now. We have eight all-stars who have missed time during the playoffs. Kawhi, often injured. AD, often injured. Donovan Mitchell, often injured. James Harden, often injured. Kyrie Irving, often injured. Jalen Brown, often injured. Mike Conley, often injured. Joel Embiid, often injured. It's not like any of these players are a – what? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm taking Harden off your list. As somebody who's had him on my fantasy basketball team the last three years, he has really not missed that many games. So I got you're right, you, James. You're right. You're right. I got you're you, right. James. I'll give you that fair. I'll give you that. Maybe not been um, present during some huge games, but he wasn't injured. Well, he wasn't injured, but, you know, his mind was, was on what's about to jump off after triple zeros. <laughs> That's why it's you hard. get your jersey retired in strip clubs. He is the god, though. He is the god <laughs> when it comes to just – the ability to compete at a high level and live his life. Right. You know, I right. get tired. I do. There are some days when I'm just tired and he has boundless energy. So, I mean, the argument that they should have had a full off season, that doesn't carry water with me personally. Um, it's sad to see an ACL potentially take out Kawhi because I think this could be a year for the Clippers but I don't think this Clippers team is it I don't I, I, I've been up front I thought the winner of the Nuggets and the Suns was going to win the Western Conference Finals I still feel that way the sad part is the Jazz are healthy right like Donovan Mitchell look at the way he's playing he looks amazing out there I shouldn't be sliding the Jazz it just feels like the Suns got the juice um, we'll see what this Chris Paul thing turns into because if he has to miss games one and two we're literally looking at the same thing we saw when he was at Houston, finally getting to the Western Conference Finals, and then something happens. Mm-hmm. Speaking of not even making it anywhere in the playoffs, big news with Stan Van Gundy today. What were your thoughts there? Well, Stan Van Gogh? Uh, Van yeah, he, yeah, him and Griffin, apparently, they weren't quite getting along like we thought. Uh, Stan Van, you know, when he, he kind of said the same thing after the season – when he addressed the media in NOLA and he was saying that, um, you know, Hey, look, it was a rough season with COVID protocols. My family was still in Detroit. I'm down here. I couldn't see them. It was isolation. 
And so he kind of, he mentioned just the difficult aspect that we've heard from a lot of players and coaches about the season. David Griffin, the GM of the Pels had something different. Uh, he said that the decision was rocked. How many times do you hear the word rot used on a daily basis? Um, I, my grandparents used to say that every now and then. That's probably the last time I've heard it. Rot. Rot. Yeah, make sure. <clears throat> the decision was wrought out of our previous, not out of our previous results. This was wrought. He used rot twice. This was wrought out of our philosophical difference and how we're going to reach the next step in our development, i.e., he didn't want to do what I was telling him to do. So he go. Take it a step further, i.e., he's a little bit too old for the game. You know, I never forget J.J. Redick talking about, when, keep in mind, J.J. Redick began the season with the Pelicans, discussing he was not looking forward to a Stan Van Gundy training camp because it's, you got to run, you got to condition, all these defensive drills. Uh, and I think he was he was trying to push that on New Orleans, which – you know, you have a young team. Some coaches and team GMs like to do that with a younger team to establish those principles. But apparently David Griffin wasn't feeling it, so he's out of a job. Scott Brooks in Washington, he's out of a job. I'm not really shocked on that one. It just kind of seemed as if they kind of weren't really all in on him from the jump. Um, and there's beef in Big D. Donnie Nelson. Not Don Nelson. Don Nelson, the former coach of the Mavericks, his son, Donnie Nelson, worked for the company for 24 years. Dutifully employed for 24 years. <laughs> Left today because he was not getting along with the director of quantitative research and development, Lobos Vulgaris. And, you know, Mark Cuban is a smart guy. You don't make billions right. being dumb. Nobody successful economically is stupid. So Mark Cuban is a very smart guy. He brought this former professional gambler in, Volgaris, created this title. And so this guy only reported to Mark Cuban and only spoke to Rick Carlisle, basically freezing out Don Nelson, Donnie Nelson, in any sort of team communications. So how do you have an employee who, if you look at the organizational chart, who's beneath you that literally doesn't key you in on anything. I mean, it's not uncommon in corporate settings for people to circumvent other people based on an org chart just because of relationships. I mean, that's the game. Like, no matter where you are, I think like one of the easiest ways to simplify working for a company, it's like high school. Like if you can't navigate certain personalities and if you can't get along with people, it really doesn't matter how talented you are. It's just not gonna work out in a certain way. And to your point, Cuban's a smart guy. He's a loyal guy. He likes to keep people close to his chest that he really trusts. And I think that was just a situation for whatever reason. Obviously, we don't have a whole lot of insight, but, you know, this guy wasn't able to work very well with Donnie Nelson. Um, you know, Nelson family in general has been notoriously a little bit stubborn, regardless of how much amazing things they've done. That's just what they've been noted for. And it is what it is. I, I respect Cuban for making the call. And, you know, I, I think... Every player that he's ever had, a lot of people that have worked with him have all spoke very highly of him. So I trust the decision. Very unconventional, not something you want to make a cultural habit within your organization, but it is what it is. And, you know, obviously Donnie's gone for a certain reason, so there's probably more than enough justification to have him circumvent that rule. 
Donnie is credited with bringing in Dirk and Luca. We read the news clippings over the last week. KP doesn't like the way Carlisle was using him. Carlisle's been there for over a decade. Luca will get the $200 million max extension because who really turns that down? But he doesn't want to be in Dallas long term. So many questions. So many. I, I've been hearing that's not really true, but I think we'll get a little bit more info out of that. I I can't think of a time Mark's lost a really big free agent like that, like a franchise face free agency pick like that. You know, obviously Nash moved back and forth a little bit, but during that time, you know, I don't think he was, you know, MVP Nash that we all knew him as with the Suns. Obviously, Dan and Tony kind of got the best out of that, but I just don't see it happening. The only way it would is obviously if Luca is kind of in that mindset of I need to be in New York or LA because I'm Jordan Brand's biggest face and X, Y, and Z. I hope Are you just gonna play Zion case. like that? Yeah. You yeah. Just, you just gonna play I Zion? Luca's much bigger face than Zion at this point. There's no if, ands, or buts. Luca's literally putting up like magic and Jordan esque numbers already in the playoffs. Oh Zion, no, I'm not, not saying you're wrong. I'm just being a jerk. That's fine. I'm used <laughs> to it. So that's probably why I just move forward as if it's normal because it's just part of part of our relationship at this point, but I don't see Luca going anywhere. I think the Maz, it's more so what do you do with KP? You got to figure out how to get him off that roster. He's clearly not working with that team. That's going to be the biggest thing. They should have some money freed up if Hardaway Jr. doesn't come back. Look, they'll have, they'll have some moves to make, and I, I trust Cuban to make them. I just think with KP on the roster, they'll never be able to have that number two that'll make them capable of being a top four seed and competing with those other guys. But, you know, that, that's basketball, and they'll get it figured out. I agree. I, I, don't, I don't know if KP is that guy that everyone thought we saw those first couple of weeks or first couple of seasons here in, um, in New York, if he's that guy. I, I, just, I just don't see it in him. Uh, speaking of Mike D'Antoni, you know, I had a rant on him a couple of weeks ago because Mike Antoni don't believe in D. And Mike Antoni has set up an interview with Portland to be the Trailblazers head coach. And so, look, he goes to Portland. Dame will win MVP because he's that caliber of player. They'll score a ton of points. They'll at least get the third in the West, maybe fourth. They'll never win a Western Conference Finals. Like, that is who Mike D'Antoni is as a coach. Right. Why do we continue to recycle and think it's going to do better? I think people It's going to be great for Dame, though. I don't think Dane's going to stay there. I don't know why. I feel like Portland's going to get blown up. It's just not working there, bringing in Dan and Tony. doesn't matter who you bring in. That, that squad is just not set up for success. I think they need to consider a, a complete rehaul. Maybe you keep Dane, but you got to get rid of McCollum. One of them's got to go. you got to get rid of some key pieces. You need to inject a little bit of youth. I've never really understood what's going on with Anthony Simmons there. I felt like he showed a lot of promise when he first started off. And, you know, obviously Melo coming in, I think that might have cannibalized a little bit of his his touches, his usage, that's not a bad thing. Melo's obviously been great, but some of the people that, you know, came in the last two or three years that I thought might be making themselves more of a five, six, seven guy in the rotation haven't really panned out. It doesn't feel too promising for them for the next few years. Like, Dame's not going to get better. Like, I mean, not but he doesn't he need to his be. game. No, that's what I'm saying. But, I mean, they're, they're not going to compete with him at the level he's at right now unless they get a true – sidekick to go for him and they don't have anything remotely like that on their roster right now so if I'm Dame like I've given Portland everything I can I think any athlete especially in the NBA when you've given you know five seven years and you've given it everything I don't think there's any shame of moving on like what Harden did at Houston I get the way he 
handled it, approached it, said it, people are always going to have a problem with that because everybody wants somebody to keep it real until the moment they keep it real. And then all of a sudden they're being disrespectful. Like, look, he did everything he could. It's time to move on. I think Dane needs to consider the same thing. I mean, it sounded after the season was over that he felt that there needed to, there needed to be massive changes. Um, I just, Dan Tony is fantastic if you're a scoring guard or you like high tempo offense, whether we saw in Phoenix, Houston, um, in New York, it wasn't the greatest, right? But, like, why do we now think his system will work? When even right now, with the way the NBA is played with the, the volume three-point shooting, the spread, the ISO, the high pick and roll, all of the things that – I will give him credit. He did really well when he was in Phoenix. He still hasn't won. Like he, no. he started that high pick and roll really at the rate we're seeing it between Amari Stoudemire and Steve Nash. And so now it's, it's going to be better and he's going to win. He just had James Harden for like seven years and couldn't do a thing. He had Chris Paul and James Harden for three years. One of the years, I get it. They weren't on best of terms. Couldn't do a thing. He had Russell Westbrook one season and James Harden couldn't do a thing. Why do we now think it will change? Definition of insanity is hiring Mike D'Antoni to be the head coach of the NBA team. (laughs) All right. Last but not least, congratulations, LaMelo Ball, rookie of the year. Nobody was more deserving. deserving. He had an insane year. I've been high on him since that crazy 90-point game or whatever in high school, even though half of it was cherry-picking. I don't think there was anybody that had watched the balls play a little bit over the last few years that didn't imagine him being two, three times better than Lonzo. He is already. He's incredible. You guys got one. I hope he's able to stick around. I hope Mike and him build a great relationship. He can learn a lot. I think LaMelo is going to be the truth in this league for the next 10, 15 years. I just implore this as a Hornets fan. You know, my Phoenix Suns only for this year. Only for this year. (laughs) My Phoenix Suns. As a true Hornets fan. As we approach this this draft season, please do not take a 6-6 swing player from Kentucky or Carolina. We do Can that you trade year. for one? No, no, we do that every year, and it never works out. Let's please not do that. Don't ask me who to take. I have no clue. But please, let's not do that. That's, that's all there I got to say. I'm good, man. That was – I'm so glad that, you know, we tried to take yesterday and, you know – Work got in the way, but it, it worked for the greater good because we didn't have any of this stuff to talk about. And I know that in our conversations today, I will be like, damn, man, we really should have held off a day. Yeah. You know, the stars aligned. It was very serendipitous. Once James Harden was back in the lineup, God did what he needed to do and everything worked out. The Brooklyn Nets, you love to hate them, but you can never bet against them. We, we never really do the whole like, subscribe, share thing. But you know what? Why not? If you like it, subscribe to it. If you like it a lot, share it. We love to hear all sorts of information about what you think of the show. Mr. Brando, M-R-B-R-A-N-D-O-0-3. That's, that's your name on everything, right? You got it. Jason Spells, that's my name on everything. Hit us up. Let us know. We're going to start working in some new segments in the coming weeks, too. Hopefully... Y'all will enjoy it. As always, thanks for listening. We'll see y'all back later. Peace.